Hi, I'm Helen Wright, and I am a rugby coach. I believe that sport can be an excellent medium for the growth and development of human beings. But, like all things in this world, the only constant is change. I believe that sport delivery and coaching in sport has to change to adapt to the changing world around it. This podcast is about sport and coaching and change. What has changed about coaching female athletes or male athletes, athletes who identify differently than that? What has changed about coaching children or adults? What has changed? How will we change? Let's begin the discussion. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this podcast today. In podcast number eight, I talked about boundaries and the power over, and today I want to take that issue of power a little bit further. I want to talk about the use of power in the coaching realm and how it can lead to the seeds of abuse. And these seeds are so subtle that sometimes they just go totally unnoticed. And a recent situation arose in my world and it has inspired me to talk about this subject because I don't feel that most parents, players, or even coaches realize how subtle these seeds can creep into the most ordinary of situations. Most every coach in the world can describe occasions where they were charged with coaching players they simply did not like. There was something about the player's personality that just didn't resonate with the coach. It might have been a difference in technical opinion. I'm a hockey coach and I don't like backhand shots. In my opinion, those types of shots are not successful enough to warrant using them in a scoring opportunity. So that's my opinion. I'm the coach and I determine the strategy for this team and I say don't use backhand shots. Now, as ridiculous as that may sound, it might be something that the coach truly believes and they are sticking to it regardless of the validity of the conclusion. So along comes a young, confident player who's been watching their favorite professional players who also use this skill and they have been diligently practicing this skill. They want to be good at this. And they want to use this skill in game situations. And they want to test their proficiency in a game and see if they can score goals with this more demanding skill and adding more ammunition uh, to their scoring tool belt. So the player doesn't take the coach's comments terribly seriously because the player thinks that that that's a bit absurd, right? So why would a coach say that? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe he doesn't really mean it. Okay, so off we go. So to the player, it would be almost as silly as instructing players in any sport, don't pass left. What? Yeah, no, don't pass left. That's crazy. So the player continues to work on his skill and implement it when the opportunity arises. But the coach notices this disregard of his instructions or their instructions, and they become infuriated. The player is defying the authority. And historically speaking, the maintenance of the authority of the coach has been considered pivotal to the performance of the players and the team. But in recent years, that actually has been proven to be a false assumption. So 
Let's talk about what happens to coaches when their authority is challenged. It's conflicting because if you are the coach and you're not terribly secure in your own knowledge and your experience has been do as you're told, get her done, and you grew up in that authoritarian environment and that's all you know, then your first instinct is to punish the player for not doing what they were told, damn it. Your first response is anger and, and you feel like you've been insulted. This person doesn't accept the credibility of your information or direction. And if the player is younger, then the indignation is heightened because the coach thinks, what the hell does this kid know? They've only been on the, on the ice for 10 years and I've been in this game for 45 years for God's sakes, little punk. So then let's add one more variable onto this storyline. And let's just say that the player isn't the best player on the team. At best, he or she is maybe a third line player. Well, now the angry, insulted coach has justification for, his, for the anger. The player's not even that good. So who the hell do they think they are challenging me? This folks, is a pivotal, pivotal moment. This is the moment when the coach uses their power as the coach to punish the player for not obeying or not complying. They bench the player. They hold back the one thing that they know is the most important thing to all players, playing time. The player's agitated, frustrated, and angry. And now, if this player was a self-assured individual, maybe older, they might have the self-confidence to approach the coach and ask for an explanation. But many young players are anything but self-assured. They are exploring their worlds. They're unsure of who they are in this world. They're unsure of their own emotions, and they're certainly not experienced enough to be confident in approaching an angry, punishing, or manipulating coach. These young players are connected to their team socially. Playing on the team is part of their identity and their connectedness to their community. They're not likely to want to risk losing their place in this community, nor are they ready to abandon doing what they love to do, which is play the game. They generally remain silent and comply. They just have too much to lose by standing up to the coach. So they hold on to their objections and they quietly learn to accept that behavior. The same behavior that the offending coach experienced now translates to the next generation and the cycle continues. Much of the abuse that occurs in sports is directed at young athletes. The reason for that is because they're much more vulnerable and easier to manipulate with fear. The first seed of potential abuse is sown when the player experiences the punishment and concludes that they do not have any of the power. They don't tell anyone. It becomes their secret. The coach doesn't like me, and if I want to stay on this team and play, I have to shut up and do what they say. If they do tell their parents, 
They ask the parents not to say anything because they believe it'll only get worse if they speak up. The fear that parent that players have is that they will not be allowed to play and that speaking up and challenging the all-powerful coach will only cause further retribution and less playing time. And in some cases, they're absolutely correct. If the coach didn't like them initially, they absolutely can't stand them now if they've spoken up and they have become one of those annoying players that the coach just wishes would go away and he's going to or she's going to punish them for not complying. The most important piece of this experience from a player or a parent perspective in terms of preventing further abuse or any abuse is awareness. The situation might just suck and it might be the worst season of their playing career or experience. It might be a situation where the player chooses to simply endure the coach and the season and continue to perform as best as they can with the limited playing time that they have. But being aware of the situation, being aware of the balance of power, and making choices with that awareness is one of the most powerful things a person can learn and do for themselves. This is about learning lessons. This is about lessons about yourself, lessons about standing up for yourself, lessons about boundaries. How much will I accept before I speak up or draw a line in the sand? Nothing in life is random. It all has a purpose. And when this tilt in power happens, the best thing we can do is learn. Be aware of what is happening and understand the function of power. And most importantly, learn. Learn what that feels like and learn what that is about. I want to say to parents that when you have children involved in sport, you need to be paying attention. You need to hear what they are saying to you and what they are not saying to you. You are the one who is their guide through all of this. Your challenge is to be aware and watching what's going on and to also be talking to your kids and asking them questions. Making decisions for them might prevent them from learning how to make those decisions on their own, but making them aware of this situation of power will certainly help them to see that they could be vulnerable But alternatively, they could also step up and own their own power. Talking about the options and choices of responding to this situation and allowing them to decide how they want to proceed is crucial. What a great opportunity to learn this life lesson. The greatest challenge being a parent of a player who is on the coach's hit list is your decision to act or not. As parents, you don't want to be overprotective or overly involved or labeled as that meddling parent. But the big question 
in cases of player abuse in sports has always been, why didn't anyone say anything? Why did everyone just let this individual carry on? Why did they let the coach move on to do the same thing to other players? Why? Why didn't people speak up? The cycle doesn't stop until someone decides to take on the responsibility of making people accountable for their actions. Teachers are accountable for their actions and coaches should also be accountable for their actions. We should all be accountable for our actions. And if we're all accountable for our actions, perhaps we can prevent some of the heartache and trauma that accompanies abuse. I want to say to coaches that as this world changes, so do the people in it. The days of simply dictating to players and expecting total obedience and compliance are over. You are the coach, the guide, not the God. We are in a time where being vulnerable as a coach may be the best way to move forward. It's uncomfortable and it's frightening, but it allows us to communicate without tipping the scales of power. You are not going to enjoy all the players that line up in front of you all the time. Some of their personalities will simply not resonate with you, but you're not there to like them. You are there to guide them through this experience in the most positive way possible. You are there to accept them just as they are and help them to learn from this experience. The cool thing about this new age is that we too are there to learn. Asking the players for input, involving them in decision-making, talking to them with respect, and actually listening to them opens this world of sport to the potential it has to affect such an incredible, positive change in people. So if you have a player who doesn't want to adhere to the strategy you have devised, it needs a conversation. It needs an explanation of why you believe what you are doing will be effective. And it needs a question of why why do they not agree with that? Why don't they think that it will? It's okay to disagree. It's okay to map out consequences for not following the team plan. It's okay to ask them what they think that they would do if they were in your position. What would you do if you were the coach and you wanted your team to play this strategy and somebody decided they, they didn't want to? What, what would you do? It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change the game plan. It's okay to be wrong and it's okay to say that out loud. And it's okay that you don't know everything, but you want to give this game plan a shot. It's okay to be you with all your challenges and all your aspirations. It's okay to be human. We just have to realize that everyone around us, including these players, are that too. Just human beings 
doing the best we can with what we have in this moment. As a coach, you can model the respect you want to receive with no judgment, no malice, no retribution, just an authentic desire to help everyone around you experience the joy of playing that sport has to offer. Thanks so much, folks, for hanging in with me today, and I hope that you listen again, and I will talk to you soon. Well, that's a wrap for this session, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please feel free to tick the like box because that lets me know if anyone out there is listening. You can also find these podcasts on my website, barefootflying.ca. That's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-F-L-Y-I-N-G dot C-A. If you want to add your opinion to the discussion, feel free to email me at HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. That's HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Be well.